Oh, yeah. Welcome in to another edition of The Big Picture with Larry Raglan. I am your host, Larry Raglan, and I'm excited to be a part of your morning, your afternoon, your evening, late at night, whatever time of the day it is that you're watching this. I hope it is a blessing to you, and I hope it encourages you, and I hope that it gives you the big picture in everything that's going on in our lives right now. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, tonight I want to get right into it. I want to just, I'm just, man, I'm just, I don't know. I just got to get some stuff off my chest. I'm frustrated with some of the people that have influenced, some of the Christian influencers out there, some of the, what I would call celebrity Christians, the big names, Man, this, if anything, that the last two years, if you're watching this, you know, we just came out of uh, two years of the the thing, you know, the thing that uh, that it got inside us. You know, can I say it? I don't know. I'm new to, I'm new to this YouTube thing, so I don't know if I'm going to get flagged or not. COVID, okay? I said it. I said, I said the C word, okay? Yes, I did. I'm going to tell you, it, it, is, it is just unbelievable how this – this virus and, and, and the things that came with that virus, how it has affected, uh, so many people, um, you know, that's, you know, they had a, they had a place of influence and, and, and I think they still do. But the thing is, I think they have influenced in a negative way and, and the ones that they have brought in into in influence with them now that they didn't used to have influence with, um, maybe their influence is putting people in bondage. Okay, this ain't gonna be a long video, but but the title of this video is "What Will Your or the Church's Influence or Legacy?" Big long title. Look like long from now. So so five years, ten years down the line, when our kids that grew up through all this grow up themselves, become adults, and start families and so forth, when they look back on this and they think about their moms and their dads and their pastors and the politicians and the and the Hollywood elite and the music elite and and then we bring it down to the focus of this channel, the um Christian elite, if you want to say it that way. Um I've never been one to criticize anybody and I won't start now. I'm not going to criticize anybody that uh is in ministry and all this, whatever direction they want to go with it, that's between them and God. But I tell you, you know, the great Uncle Ben in Spider-Man said, with great power becomes, comes great responsibility. And part of that responsibility is to understand what a leader is. A leadership, according to Dr. John Maxwell, is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And, and I think it's ironic that these people who are making a living on social media and, and you know, they just, it's all about their ego and so forth, they call themselves influencers. Well, that's a that's a fancy way uh, of getting around saying leader. They're leading people. I also like what Dr. Maxwell says. He says, you know, if you think you're a leader and look behind you, see if anybody's following you. If nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. I love that line. I love that line, man. Because basically, in order for you to have to be a leader, or in order for you to be have influence or be an influencer, you've got to have people following you. And that's that's the world that we've bred now is is, you know, all the social media followers, YouTube followers, and all these different uh, ways that people can follow you. Uh, but as believers, you know, you know, we're supposed to be leaders and we're supposed to lead people, but we're supposed to be leading them 
to follow Christ. And and I just want to tell you that I believe some people are, are just, they're burning some bridges. They're, they're, they're hooking their wagons up to some things that they're going to be a little bit sorry about. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, there has been this shift. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Now, I told you I'm just going to say what's on my mind on this channel. If you don't like it, you ain't got to subscribe to it. But here's the thing. Oh, by the way, if you hadn't already subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel right now. Hit that thumbs up button. It helps us a lot. I mean, that right there, just the subscribe and the thumbs up. And then if you share on top of that, uh, I mean, it becomes huge in the algorithm of trying to get us in front of people that need to hear this message. But uh, so do that now. Thank you. Uh, but I believe what I mean by that is hooking their wagon up to the to the wrong horse or whatever you want to say uh, is, you know, they've bought into this mentality that, you know, when Jesus talked about, you know, a man, no greater love than a man has has than laid in his life for his friend, sacrificing things, and 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 we are all about sacrifice. The body of Christ and and people of God are supposed to understand self sacrifice, uh, but somewhere along the line, uh, somebody has taught people in the body of Christ to follow the advice of the secular world. I use that term lightly. Secular world basically means the world that is just doesn't line up with the biblical world totally. There's the religious world. There's a secular world. And I'm not saying that they can't coincide. And I'm certainly not a part of that crowd. And I don't believe that science and Christianity uh, cannot go hand in hand. In fact, I truly believe that science validates the word of God and validates uh, what we believe. But here's the thing, how we live our life and, and the decisions that we make and how we react to the things that are around us is what develops our legacy. See, I've often said that life is not what about what happens to you. It's about how you respond to what happens to you. And before this thing hit, you know, everybody's just chugging along and everybody's just, you know, when you're talking about a believer and you're, you know, church gathering, we just expected, even though there had already been a, a, a beginning of a great falling away, people had already begun to, you know, church was no longer important to them like it used to be. But, but there was still a great crowd. A lot of churches had packed houses and so forth. This th then this thing hit, and when this thing hit, you know, we we out of a, out of a desire to really help our brothers and help those that we love to keep them safe, we did what was asked of us. But what we didn't realize is that the enemy is. We forgot. We should we should have realized. We forgot just how cunning the devil is. Remember remember in the Garden of Eden, it says that the serpent was more cunning and shifty and and manipulative than any other beast in the field. And, you know, we understand that, you know, it's speaking, it says, it says a serpent, but we're talking about the devil. The devil is very, very sneaky. And by the way, if you've made it this far and you don't believe in the devil, then, you know, that there is no devil, then uh, it's very going to be very difficult for you to understand where I'm going. But I do believe that the same Bible that tells me about a God tells me about a devil. The same God that tells me about heaven tells me about, oh, get ready, get ready. I'm going to say the cuss word. I'm going to cuss on my Christian YouTube channel, according to some believers now. Hell, I said hell and not in a cuss way. I said hell because it's a real place. There's a heaven and there's a hell. There's the, you know, you're going to one of two places. Now, listen to me. If you believe the word of God, the Bible says that you're going to go to one of the two places. 
There ain't no in-between. There ain't no place where after you're long gone, somebody can put some kind of garment on and be baptized on your behalf and bring you out of there and take you to the good place. No, listen, life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment, then vanishes away. And when it vanishes away and you breathe that last breath, you're going up or you're going down. Now, you like it or not, you've got to take it up with the Word of God. That's what the Bible says. So while we're here, we're supposed to be leading people influencing people, creating a legacy that our children and our children's children will remember how we carried ourselves through the life's troubles and attacks. And this, what this thing did is it came in and it just sort of separated a lot of people. And we started out, like I was saying, we started out with very good intentions. And then we, we fell for the trap. We fell for the trap because the cunning devil his big picture plan, if you will, come on, see how through that big picture in there. His big picture plan is not is not the true big picture because he can't see the full big picture. Only God can. But he does play the long game, and and he understands that if if he would have just come out and and somehow used a politician or, or even a. Uh, a medical expert to say, you know what? We've been looking at this thing, and and we've said for all all along, you you Christians are a bunch of kooks anyway. So we're just going to make a law that's going to ban you from gathering. It's going to stop you from worshiping. Going to stop you from hearing the preaching. Going to stop you uh, from from just you know praying for people in the altars. And if you have a church like our church, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, like uh, Mark chapter sixteen tells us to do. Which is, we're going to ban all that. Well, let me tell you something. Even the people that didn't go to church would rise up against that. They'd be, wait a minute, that goes against the First Amendment. You can't tell somebody they can't worship. You can't tell somebody they can't gather. You can't tell somebody they can't lift their hands and worship God and go to the altar and have a time before themselves and God. People would have rose up on that. But, you know, that's the way the devil works. Drip, 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 drip. Puts a little bit of arsenic in, in, in your Diet Coke, and you drink that Diet Coke, man, you don't even really taste it. And then a couple of days go, goes by, puts a little bit heavier amount in there, a little bit heavier. Like the old, the old saying about the frog in the kettle. Y'all remember that one? Throw a frog in a, in a uh, pot of boiling water, he'll jump out. Put, put a frog in lukewarm water and slowly turn the heat up. And he'll just think he's in a sauna. He'll just think he's che- he's just chilling, man. He's just checking. He, oh man, this is nice. This is this is like a hot tub. Well, before he realizes it, his skin's boiling, and somebody's eating frog legs that night. <laughs> so see, that's what we fell for. We fell for, you know, just do this for a few weeks, and then you everything will be back to normal. Well, at the time of this taping, over two over two years now, and some people have made a decision they're never going back. They've made a decision that it doesn't matter as much as it used to. They, they've convinced themselves as long as they're scrolling through their phone on Sunday morning, knowing good and well they ain't going to stop and watch a whole service, check out about 10 different churches, stay there about five to seven minutes, run into the kitchen, get you another cup of coffee, eat you, um, your, uh, your biscuit and your eggs, and then, you know, just sort of, you know, scroll your Twitter while you're listening to it on your TV. You're not focused. So you've already checked out. You're checked out, and you and we fell for the trap. We fell for the trap. Well, listen, our kids are watching us. Our grandkids are watching us. Our neighbors are watching us. The world is watching us. How did the church respond to this? What do you think the New Testament church would have done? How do you think Acts chapter two church would have responded to this? Go back and read your Bible, man. Them folks, them folks were persecuted. They were banned 
They were truly banned from preaching the gospel. They were told that if you go out in the streets and preach the gospel, if you gather together in the name of Jesus, we will kill you. We'll put you in prison. And by the way, 11 of the 12 disciples, um, they died a martyr's death. The only one died of natural causes was John, and they tried to kill him, and it just didn't, wasn't able to kill him. But they, they, they chopped up, hung, crucified, upside down, beheaded, all different types of ways just for preaching the gospel. You know, they, the early Christians were dipped in tar by the Romans, set on fire, nailed to poles and set on fire. Listen to me. And their bodies were used to light the streets. But many of the recordings of those events said that when they, the Romans, some of the Roman citizens gave their life to Christ because they were on their way on the walkways while these Christians were burning alive and they were crying out and singing hymns unto God giving God the praise, not denying their faith. Man, that's awesome. That you, you talk, you're talking about we've lost something along the way. God's God not even asking you to even face that kind of persecution. Now, I'm not saying you won't face that kind of persecution. It may be coming. But right now, my goodness, all you got to do is get up and go to church. All you got to do is read your Bible, praise, be a witness. If you're a believer, my goodness. Ain't that what Hebrews said? That's what I read in the Bible. Hebrews said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Watch this. As the manner of some is. That was, that was 2,000 years ago. People were already buying into lie. He said, but watch this. You got to gather even the more as you see that day approaching. As we see that day approaching, y'all, we're supposed to be gathering more, not less. Praying more, not less. Fellowshipping more, not less. You think this is the last virus? You think this is the last attack? You think this is the last attempt to try to take this away from us? Y'all, y'all, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Ding, 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 ding. I wish I had a, wish I had a, like a, where, where, give me something here. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 I ain't got nothing. I'll just give you some applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was good what I just said. It's good preaching. Good preaching, Pastor Larry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, one and all. Thank you, one and all. Psalm 112 says this, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. Goes on to say in verse 5, a good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. And the righteous will be an everlasting remembrance that's legacy everlasting remembrance hebrews chapter 12 says there's going to come one generation that's going to experience this not many one generation there can't be more than one when it said yet once more so it's talking about the final generation and if we believe we are i don't know if we are i think we are i think you look around you look around if you're a believer in the bible you believe in prophecy you're just like my god what more needs to happen and if we're not the ones probably our children our grandchildren is bottom line is i think whoever is the final generation is probably alive and if that's the case the bible says yet once more there's going to come a shaking and everything that can be shaken will be shaken until that which cannot be shaken remain i think i deserve some more applause until that which cannot be shaken remains. Can I tell you something? There is a shaking going on. There is a purging going on. 
But in the midst of it, there is a remnant rising. There is a remnant rising. See, the Bible says, and by the way, that scripture I was talking about was Hebrews chapter 12. And, and, and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 about that shaking. It talks about that the things that are temporal will go down. But the things that are not temporal, that are heavenly, that are spiritual, will make it. That's the body of Christ, y'all. The true body of Christ is rising. And my question is to you, what will your legacy look like? What will your children, when they look in the history books, because you know, come on, y'all, let's be real. 2019, 2020, and 2021 are going to be in the history books. There are going to be movies made about it, hundreds of movies made about it, series made about it. Books by the thousands are going to be written about what happened in this world during this time that we are alive. And one day, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your, your fellow folks that are coming into church and just getting saved won't talk about how it was. Hey, hey, you was a believer back then. You told me you've been saved for X amount of years. So that tells me I do the math. You were a Christian. You were serving God. I wasn't serving God. I was, I was, serving, I was out there in the world. And I, was, and I was just, I fell in line. I fell in line with everything that was being told me to do. But you were a Christian. And I'm just wondering, how did you survive? Well, by the way, here's another question I want to ask you. Not only is your children going to look at you and your grandchildren are going to look at you, in those situations I just detailed about maybe your friends are going to get saved and ask you how it was. My question to you is, how will you think you'll even be? Do you think, because watch this, there's another attack coming. There's another strain coming. How are you going to react? Are you proud of yourself? I don't think many of us are real proud of ourselves, but are you proud of the stances that you took, the bridges that you burned? the friends that you lost and persecuted because they didn't line up exactly with you. They didn't believe exactly what you believed, and, and you, you disowned them. I know of family members. I know of family of people that had family members who were told, I'm not coming to Christmas. I'm not coming to birthday. I may not. They were so upset that they did not decide to go the same route that they did medically and different things that they thought they that that was a statement they didn't really love them and they told them I can't come around you not just now number one I don't want to come around you because I don't want to get this thing and I think you're going to give it to me even though we found out later that even though you got the you still got it still went in the hospital but disowned them disowned them let me ask you this is are you proud of that? You let something that the enemy brought into the world burn those bridges? Hmm. What are you going to say when, you, when your daughter or your son asks, why don't Uncle so-and-so come over? Why does Aunt so-and-so don't come over? Won't come over. Or why don't we ever go see so-and-so? My, why don't I ever get to see my cousin anymore? Well, because they, they decided that they didn't want to follow the science. And can I tell you something as I get ready to go? Follow whatever you want to follow. I'm a believer in science. All right? But the same ones that's telling you to believe, follow the science are the same ones 
on the same website that will state emphatically that a baby in the womb is not a baby. It's not science. It's not science. It's a baby. It's growing. You can see it on the sonar, y'all. My grandbaby gave me a thumbs up, waving at me. In the womb. It's a baby. Same one says, follow the science, says you can be born a boy or born a girl, but you're not really. Science says we have no, we don't even need this same science says, I'm not talking about science. No, I'm talking about real science because I'm not talking about real science now. I'm talking about political science because of what it's become. We'll say, don't put anything on the birth certificate. Wait till the child can, can, can talk, communicate, and learn and watch some shows and all that and figure out what they are. Follow the science. So you got to ask yourself. Yeah, you should follow true science. But how do you know true science may be tainted or not? Look at the other science and see if politics has made its way into that. If it has made its way into that, it's probably made its way into quite a few things. Well, I guess I've stepped on enough toes tonight, got myself in enough trouble tonight. But can I tell you something? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You hear me? I'm 54 years old, y'all, at the time of this recording. I'm a pop all. I've been pastoring for over 30 years. I don't care. I'm going to say what comes on my mind. You can block me. You can ban me. You can hate me. But you can't stop me because my eyes are wide open. Not just to the natural, but to the spirit realm. The big picture, baby. The big picture. Make sure you help us out. Help us change the world. Go to LarryRaglin.tv. LarryRaglin.tv is one, one website. You can follow me on my podcast. I got two podcasts. Listen to anywhere you get your podcast. You can see my website. You can subscribe to this channel. All the social media links. If you want to support us, you can support us. There's all kinds of things. Way to get my book. All kinds of things. LarryRaglin.tv I love you. I'll see you next time. Make sure you subscribe. Y'all pray for me. Your boy's gonna need it. Alright. Love y'all. See you on the next one. On the big picture.